Welcome to the Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One podcast. I'm Kim, and I'm here with my co-host, Adrian, and we are so glad you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We will be discussing choices you can make while you're single that will help you flourish in your single years and increase your odds for a lasting, enjoyable marriage later. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. We have a fun topic to discuss today. Our culture makes it seem that great relationships and marriages always begin with a spark. You know, that magical element of chemistry and attraction and passion and desire, which often happens at first sight. But what if it doesn't always happen that way? You know, Kim, I'm so glad we're talking about this today because kid you not, I had a friend two weeks ago text me about this of a guy that she was going on dates with and she was like, there's just not the spark or I don't know if I like him like that or I'm attracted. So I am so glad that we get to talk about it because we hear all the time there's girls who often pass by a good guy because there isn't that initial spark there right away. And so they're wondering, he's a great guy, but what if I'm just not feeling it? And so today we're diving all in on that topic. We are discussing the role the spark plays in relationships. And we have some great guests to talk about. Oh, I'm so excited about our guest, Adrian. Our guests today are our friends, Jeffrey and Alex. Jeffrey is a financial planner and Alex is a mom to three young boys. Super cute. They're five, three, and one. And she has this side gig thing in business photography. But they've been married for about six years, and they have a really fun marriage. I've known each of them since they were in college. I was a spiritual mentor and friend in Alex's life, and Sean had that role in Jeffrey's. So I had a front row seat to everything that happened. Oh, boy. (laughs) I know. I'm so excited for them to tell their story because their story is one of my absolute favorites, and they are going to have a lot of insight for our discussion today. Alex and Jeffrey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for making time to join us today. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Yeah, excited. Thanks, Kim. Okay, so Kim, you hit on a few highlights from their life, but I would love for you guys to just share a few fun things just to help our listeners get to know you guys better. Okay, uh, so I'll talk about Alex first. Um, The best way to describe Alex is she's an Enneagram One. So I don't know if your listeners are familiar with the Enneagram, but that means she is a mega type A. Could not be any more structured, any more planned in her life. She's the ultimate firstborn. In fact, uh, we had a kidless weekend for my birthday this past weekend, and she actually slept in until 10. And it was so funny because when she woke up at 10, you would have thought that she had been caught committing murder. Like she felt like she was (laughs) such a bad person like she was scrambling immediately. Like, what do I do? I got to do stuff. I'm like, babe, you can relax. You're not a bad person. I don't know how she lives her life this way, but that's who she is. <laughs> we love you, Alex. <laughs> it did, really did have to calm me down. I was like, I haven't done this since I was like 16. <laughs> I haven't slept in not long in a very long time. So um, Jeffrey, talking about him, I guess he is not an Enneagram one. So very, we are opposite in a lot of ways. Um, he's the ultimate like achiever, activator, like all of those, like, let's just go run towards the goals, climb the mountain. You know, he came from a small town. And so 
Um, I think some of that comes from just like moving towards the next big thing and um, always having plans to go succeed. I mean, that's just kind of who he is. Um, and he comes from like some complex family dynamics. And so I think some of that contributes to it too, of like just this idea of coming and going to achieve more than maybe what you would expect originally. Um, and so he's always kind of looking for that path to go, to go run on. But uh, that's kind of, uh, you know, hence our story, I guess a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. And you said it, we've got three boys, so we are always exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to start by sharing a brief overview of their story, and then we're going to let them kind of fill in the details. All right. So Alex and Jeffrey both started following Christ in college, and they were involved in the same campus ministry. So they were friends. I knew both of them and started to notice some similarities between them. They seemed to enjoy a lot of the same activities and shared many of the same values. And I thought their personalities seemed to complement each other, too. I thought they looked really cute together. And I thought they would make a great couple. So I think I shared this with Sean and eventually with Jeffrey. So long story short, Jeffrey already had plans to pursue Alex. And what I noticed just confirmed things for him. But he was going to give it a little bit more time before asking her out. But then he got word that she had been asked out by another guy. So he pounced and planned an amazing date. They went and had a great time, and we were all so excited. But Alex turned him down for the second date. I was shocked. We all were. And they went back to being friends. Unknown to Alex, Jeffrey and I both began to pray that Alex's heart would change, and it did. It's a great story, but like I said earlier, I'm going to let them tell the details. Now, I hate to brag and all, but when I went to visit them in the hospital after their first boy, Ben, was born, Jeffrey gave me all the credit when he introduced me to his newborn son. Oh, that's really That fun. was a highlight of my life there. Okay, so let's talk briefly through each stage. Okay, so first of all, you guys knew each other. So Alex, I would love for you just to fill us in on what was going through your mind when he asked you out yeah <laughs> i mean a lot of things <laughs> but honestly i was just really surprised we had been good friends and we we were acquaintances through college so i wouldn't say we were even like real good friends through college but i'd known him for a while but we were just we were just good friends we'd been hanging out in the same group for a few months um we had we were both working together um on studio staff actually at the time um and we just were friends I and mean, we truly were just friends and so he just wasn't on my radar as anything more than a friend and I knew I really enjoyed being around him that was like a given and I thought he was really funny but I just I hadn't really considered anything past that and so when he when he did ask me out I just remember being like wait wait what <laughs> oh uh oh, okay uh <laughs> you know just real caught off guard so yeah <laughs> And at that point, it's like, you know him. So you're like, well, I might as well like give it a shot. I know his character. There's no reason I like shouldn't go on this date. But, you know, you just mentioned you were just caught off guard. So you're like, well, I guess I'll just go and I'll see what happens. And yeah. Yeah. Just real casual, right. you know. Exactly, well, Jeffrey, yes. tell us more about the date. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, <laughs> best date she's ever been on in her life. If I just say so much. <laughs> so I picked up that she'd never really rode four-wheelers, shot shotguns, any of those sort of things. 
Um, so I had a friend who had 200 acres and he kind of let us go and have fun out there. So he had a couple of four wheelers. So we rode four wheelers, roasted marshmallows, shot shotguns, something she had never done before, like I said, but it was actually something I'd never done before. Uh, so looking back, that was probably not the smartest move, but we survived it. Um, so I'm sure you have some listeners on the West Coast who are like, what? Um, they're also like, you know, I'm fulfilling all Arkansas stereotypes right now, but we are who we are and I am who I am. So uh, it was a great date. It was planned around all things that she would love. She did love it. She laughed. She had so much fun. I knew I killed it. It was awesome. So I asked her if I could call her the next day. And I called her the next day and she started telling me how much she valued our friendship. <laughs> oh no, that's like the, we need to talk like. <laughs> okay. So Alex, you just, you weren't interested at the time. So why? Yeah. Why did you turn down? Give us a little bit more inside of your brain and your heart there. Yeah. You know, the way he just described that date, I probably sound crazy now, but um, no, I think I just, I just still wasn't there. Like I said, we had, you know, we were such good friends and I did have so much fun on the date, but you know, in my mind, he just still was a friend. And so I couldn't really, I, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't change that really yet. And so, and we also, we worked together. And so I saw him almost every day. And I think there was a little bit of an element of fear in that, you know, just the risk of like, what if this goes badly? You know, it's, it's not someone I can avoid. I'm going to see him a lot. And you know, I think saying yes just felt risky. And so I, I just felt like our friendship was valuable. And I was like, no, we're just, you know, I just didn't want to continue to say yes. So I told him no. I remember when we were visiting afterwards, Alex, I remember thinking and asking, are, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah, I just, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah Kim, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, Alex, I have to ask you this because I think, you know, a lot of our listeners may have found themselves in similar shoes. Like, how long did it take you to say no to the second date? Was this something you were processing, like, alone with other mentors, um, with roommates? Give us more insight into that. Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I just, mostly I just vividly remember my talks with Kim about it really more than anybody because uh, I would go and be like here's what happened he just asked me on a date and then after the date I was you know processing like well I don't know what to do you know so I don't I don't think it took me very long to say no I love you babe <laughs> <laughs> I think I just in my head because I was so caught off guard I think I already kind of had a no in my head and so then it, it there wasn't time for me to really change my mind I guess it just it was like yeah I, I just this isn't surprising to me. I can say, knowing Alex now, if she's got her mind made up, she's got her mind made up. She's got some stubborn bones. So I do, I do. I'm sure if she decided no, she decided no. Well, I am just so glad you guys are here on the other side getting to share this and just like even share the open, raw thoughts that you had in the moment. Like it takes a strong man to hear that his wife was not initially interested. So I appreciate that about both you guys. All right, so you guys had time apart after that. So Jeffrey, tell us more about that. Yeah, so I mean, the story just gets more fun at this point. So um, I still liked her. I shrugged it off as the timing wasn't right. It wasn't my original timing anyway, if you'll remember. She got asked out by somebody else, triggered me to ask her out. 
So I thought, no big deal. A few months later, she'll see how awesome I am. We'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> so we were in the same friend group. And prior to our date, that friend group had all bought tickets to see John Mayer in Memphis. So that was still on. Alex was going. I was going. It was a group of about eight people. Okay. So me and Alex, we still go. Um, and one of our friends drove us all the way to Memphis. Okay. And so we had we had floor seats at, at the concert. We sat next to each other and sang our hearts out uh, to songs about love by John Mayer, <laughs> the complexities of love. And I knew, like, I, I knew on the date that she was feeling it, but now I knew for sure. Like, we're good. She likes me. Everything's great. Okay. So when we get home, I tell one of my roommates, hey, he actually didn't go, but I said, hey, just update, man. It was awesome. Like, I'm going to ask Alex again, uh, out again in a couple of weeks. Um, and then he told me something I hadn't heard yet, which was Alex was going on dates with another guy. And so at that point I was super confused because I obviously wasn't reading the situation. Right. <laughs> that was number one. But then number two, I was super irritated as well because I felt like she was leading that on. Like there was the chemistry and she was going on dates with another guy. Like what, what kind of person does this? You know, who is this girl? And so I was pretty annoyed. I'll pause. I've got more to say prior to us, you know, dating, but I'll let you interject if you want to interject anything at this point in the story. I, to be fair, I, I, the other guy he's talking about, I had only been on like one, maybe two dates with that guy too. So it was just like the timing of it all. I just, I wasn't out there playing the field or anything. I just, the timing was funny and yeah, he had kind of gotten you know, word of it from a friend and didn't get the full story. So that was also just like funny timing. Inconsistent logic. If she said yes to a second date with him to try it out, she should have to me. No big deal. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not still mad. Um, so we go to Stumo's winter conference, right? SMC. And that was about two months later. And at this point, like really the past two months, I just had totally written it off. Okay. Well, long story short, we're, we're, you know, we work for Stumo, so we were helping set up the conference and running around like crazy. We finally get to like the first kickoff event main session of SMC, and as fate would have it, we found ourselves at the back of the room together, okay? And so I was still a good person, so I was her friend. Like, I wasn't <laughs> ignoring her. Um, so we start talking, you know, and we're all excited because we've been building up to this conference. So we end up sitting together, and we talked the entire like main session for a really an hour, just talking, laughing, having fun. The same chemistry that was on that first date, the same chemistry that was at that John Mayer concert, that same chemistry was there at that point. And again, I was confused. I didn't know if she was still going on dates with this guy. I didn't know if I had like zero emotional intelligence to be able to tell him. <laughs> I had no answers. What I did know is I wanted to pursue this girl and I didn't want to give it up. So after that night, I made a decision that, you know, God, God, God in the Bible, God, Jesus has this parable that he tells where he talks about a widow being persistent and asking for the same thing over and over again. And how eventually that persistent widow can, can break down, um, you know, the, the king's decision, okay, is the parable that Jesus tells. And the, the idea that we should take away is that if we ask God over and over again for something, a lot of times that can change his mind or cause lead to an answered prayer. And so I knew that in the back of my mind. And then I also had being around Sean, I'd seen him talk about this verse, it's Proverbs 21, one, 
where the verse says, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. And so the point being that God has the ability to change people's hearts, change people's minds, and that we should go to God and ask him to do that when appropriate. And so I had felt all this chemistry. I knew I wanted to pursue Alex. It wasn't working <laughs> with me trying to do it on my own. And so I decided I was done trying to do that. I was going to let time continue. But every day I was going to ask God to change your heart. And I'm not like, I'm not the type of person who's, uh, I'm not a, some strong prayer warrior. I mean, I have a strong faith in Jesus, but I would not hold myself out as like, the spiritual disciplines guy to follow um, by any means. Alex can attest to that. But in this moment, I decided I was going to test God on his word and I was going to pray that he would change your heart. And I was going to pray that every day. And it wasn't going to be a long prayer. It wasn't like I was spending, you know, an hour on the floor, knelt before my bed, <laughs> praying, driving to campus two minutes. I just asked God again, change Alex's heart. Well, I, I, uh, I don't know if I was claiming any particular scripture. I was like, they are a cute couple, and I think they would really have a great marriage. And so, God, will you just please change Alex's heart? And I don't know if I prayed it every day, but every time I thought about you guys, I'd be like, they just belong together. And I love that about just our relationship with God. You can come to him with those sorts of things. You don't know how he's going to answer those things, but because God loves you and he made you, he created you, all those things, like you can just come to him with the raw, real you. Yeah, it's so freeing. Well, Alex, give us the scoop. How did things change? So a few things changed, I think. You know, there was multiple, like, things to it. But I think the most obvious is what we've kind of said that God was just, God was changing my heart. I mean, he was moving in my heart to, to change that. And I think I just started to see things about Jeffrey that I, I didn't really know before, you know, things that were deeper than just like, Oh, we're good friends. We hang out sometimes, you know? Um, I just, I saw his character and I found out that he, you know, one, one thing, this is like not spiritual, but he had been training for a marathon. And I remember we were sitting in a, a staff meeting one day and he was, he, so one of his, he didn't even say it. One of his other guy friends was like, yeah, he's been getting up at 5am every morning and running like 15 miles. I mean, it was something crazy. Um, before staff meeting. And I was like, wait, what, <laughs> what's he been doing? You know, and just, it just showed like his discipline and his diligence and, and kind of that mentality, like I was describing earlier that he's, he's a goal setter. And then he does what he says he's going to do. And so I love that about him. And I you know, purposely I, didn't tell anyone about the marathon. Because I wanted her to find out, like, uh, <laughs> Mr. Strategy. Oh, <laughs> tell anyone. So funny. I remember Strategic. just being like, wait, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I saw that, you know, and, and then I just, I saw the way that he was committing to know, committed to knowing God really deeply. I just watched his interactions with friends and the guys in his life. I think once I had, like, mentally gone from okay wait maybe he's not just a friend like that that door was opened then I had the opportunity to open my eyes to see like is he really someone that I would consider that way and so I started looking at those things and I saw those interactions with people in his life and you know that he was being mentored by Sean and the way he responded in humility to Sean and I saw you know just that he wanted to submit and learn and grow um 
and just, and honestly, he's, he's kind of charming if you haven't <laughs> gathered that already. <laughs> and so I just, I just started to really notice those things about him that I really liked and that attracted me to him. And so I think it was, a men- it gave me some time, I think mentally where I started to shift from, wait, maybe he's not just a friend, you know, it gave me time to see those things about his life um, and consider those a little bit more. And I remember, you know, he's talking about his side where he was praying that God would change my heart. But I think I was, I was praying a lot too. I do remember just asking God to give me wisdom and clarity because I was so confused because the first day I was sure I was like, this is a no, like, I just, I'm you know, sorry. babe. <laughs> I just, I was, you know, it's just, I was like, we're just, we're good friends. And then I think once I realized how much my heart was changing, that was really confusing to me at first because I had felt sure. And then I wasn't sure at all. The more I got to know him, I was actually like, wow, he's extremely impressive. And so I think as I, as I was praying and seeing that I was asking God for wisdom and he was revealing to me, you know, who Jeffrey really was. And, um, I just, I realized when I was around him, I wanted to be around him more. You know, I just, I started to see that I love time around him. I, I wanted to know him better. And I feel like he gave me space to get to know him better and want to be around him rather than trying to kind of push me, you know, and force me into something or really like laying it on thick or something. He, he actually went the other way and gave me a lot of space and we kind of, you know, just gave me room to want to know him better. And, um, I think that that was really helpful. You know, he would, this is like funny, smaller examples, but we'd be like texting about something and he would just like stop texting me. And I'm like, wait, we weren't done with our conversation yet. (laughs) I would want more. So anyway, that was, Um, that was part of it. Well, I love that Jeffrey, you gave her space and somehow y'all ended up together. So fill in the gaps for us. Yeah, we started texting more over time. And then finally she called to ask if I would help her with some fundraising. Like she was trying to raise funds to be on staff with Stumo. And so and was, he, he was very good at fundraising. This wasn't just <laughs> out of the blue. Uh, okay, so uh, we met up, we hung out for about two hours. And so I started to try to help her with it um, and go through her presentation, whatever. She left, um, but we basically had just hung out for three hours. And uh, that's something that we didn't really do in our circles where it was like one-on-one hangout for three hours. I don't know, you know how normal that is for anybody, I guess. It's not dating. Um, so I started to think maybe she liked me. I was still confused, though. After first date, John Mayer, uh, the winter conference, all those things, still confused. Um, but finally I felt confident that she liked me and I asked her on a date and she's been chasing me ever since. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the big question. I love your story, but what can others learn from your story? What do you think is the biggest lesson we can learn from your relationship? Kim, you may not remember teaching this, but in one of the uh stumo relationships conversations talks that you and sean gave there was a point where you said that it's really important that the guy pursues the girl and that the guy is is confident that he's the one that initiated the whole relationship um that the guy is the one that knew they started this thing um and you gave an illustration of there will be a time where the kids are going crazy and everything will seem so chaotic and it will be important for the guy to know and the guy to remember that he's the one that started this thing. Well, I can now say 
I have lived those moments, very few and far between, but I have lived those <laughs> moments where there have been emotional up and downs for Alex and then us having three boys under the age of six where I'm sitting here going, I did, I started this thing, I initiated it. Um, so that would be something I, you know, it feels funny talking to a mostly female audience to say that, but, but girls out there, I do think it's extremely important that the guy knows they're the ones that initiated that because that's honestly going to follow into the relationship. I think, I think if, if a woman initiates the relationship and is driving the relationship in the dating stage, when is that transition going to happen? How is that transition going to happen? Most likely it's not because you're building foundations and you're building habits, even while you're dating that will carry on into marriage. So it's been extremely important for us. I think that we know very clearly that I pursued Alex and that I started this thing and it's my job to continue leading it and continue being, you know, the, the leader of our relationship. I feel like a good lesson from y'all's um, story is just that not every relationship has to start with this magic spark. You know, the spark, um, there's this, I've been reading this book and you'll probably hear more about it. Um, but the author talks about how some relationships start with a spark but it's so important to build that friendship. And so uh, the people who begin with this magic spark have to really be um, disciplined to not let that just carry them away, but to really back off and uh, build a friendship. And, um, and so that's how some relationship starts. Others start like what you guys experienced where there's a friendship and then later the spark happens. I think that happened in my relationship with Sean. We were friends. We had known each other for a long time. And Adrian, that was true for you guys too. But um, but there are two different ways relationships can start. And I just love that y'all's illustrates that sometimes the spark comes later. I know we've touched on this a ton, but how important is chemistry? You know, I think it's definitely very important. And I, you know, I would never tell someone if there's just no chemistry, then I would never say, oh, keep trying to make it happen. You know, there's, there's time where you can just say, man, we just don't have chemistry. But I also think you shouldn't write somebody off if it's not there immediately, because I do think chemistry grows as you know, someone deeper. And so I think, you know, for us, that's exactly what happened. The more I got to know Jeffrey, Jeffrey the more our chemistry grew. All right. Well, so how important is friendship? Um... I would say a similar answer. I think it's super, I think it's super important. Um, I think it's an extremely important factor, but it can take you a long time to see. So I think the more time you're spending around each other, um, giving yourself the opportunity to get to know each other in groups, um, you can see if the friendship is there or not. So I don't think you have to rush to answer the friendship question right away, but I do think it's an important question to answer in time. So what about this one? What would you guys say to a girl who just isn't interested in a good guy? kind of a yeah, hard question, a great, but <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I think that's totally okay. You know, sometimes you're just not interested and I don't think you should try to force yourself into something just because they they check some boxes of, you know, a good guy, you know, but I just think, um, I want to say on the flip side, not to shut the door so tightly that it can never be reopened because, you know, I do think I, and again, this is not to lead him on. This is not like leave the door open in the sense of like, maybe we'll say, you know, I don't, 
I don't mean that. I think you should be clear on where you stand. But I do think if you're careful with your words and how you communicate, there's a way you can close the door without, you know, slamming it in his face <laughs> and, and leaving it to where a friendship even has a chance to grow into something more later on as you get to know each other. You know, I had a friendship once and uh, we kind of explored dating. We went out a couple of times and he basically told me, he goes, Kim, you know, there's just something missing that's keeping us from being more than friends. And, you know, my question was, well, is it a character issue? And he said, no. And I really didn't press it. You know, it's like, all right, then it's not there. It's not there. And we were able to remain friends. And anyway, so I've been on the receiving end of that before. And you know, sometimes it's just not a match. Yeah, I've been on the receiving end of that too. I had a guy tell me that he had no intentions of asking me out when I asked him that question. And so we had to set up some boundaries from there. We stopped Snapchatting and texting and all of those things. And our friendship just actually grew as just a friendship after that. And then three years later, he called me and asked me out. I was totally shocked. And now I'm married to that guy. Yes. That's, <laughs> and you can hear their whole story um, in season two. I'm not even sure what episode. We'll link it. And uh, but you can hear their story. It's really fun, too. So, Alex, I'd love for you to share. You had a great thought that you've shared with me before about friends. You know, like when you break up and sometimes friends will pop in and go, I didn't really like that guy anyway or whatever. Um, Could you elaborate and share some insight on that? Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. I feel like, you know, just a note to the friends out there, because everyone's been the friend who's walked their friend through the breakup. And so, you know, or or the not dating or whatever it might be. But I think when a girlfriend stops dating someone, I would just really encourage people not to ever say anything that belittles the guy who tried to pursue her. Um, I think if we can use self-control and withhold those thoughts, you know, and, and really, you know, whether we like them or not, that doesn't, you know, you can set that aside. But I think if we can use self-control to just withhold that, it, it, really will protect us and protect our friends. I have one last question to ask before we wrap up to our application. So how do you know when to hang on to a relationship and just when to let go in hopes that, you know, someone's heart will change? Yeah, I feel like um, my answer here again is more for girls, but I think it I could apply to guys as well. Um, but just to continue to live in reality and ask yourself what is true. You know, I had to do this a lot with, even when, when we were dating, you know, if a guy hasn't asked you out, he has a reason for that. Whatever it is, whether he's not interested, it's not the right time in his life, whatever it might be, I think you need to to continue to respond to where you're at in the relationship. So if that's just friends, you treat him as a friend. But you, the idea of being you just continue living in whatever is true. Um, and, and I think that that just protects both you and the guy that you may like or um, you know, if he likes you either way, just continuing to live in reality. Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, I think speaking from the guy side of things, um, if a guy is, um, considering a girl or potentially interested in a girl, I think it's really important for a girl, like Alex said, to only be where the relationship is. So don't allow yourself to, to, you know, give things that would be the next stage of the relationship whether that's more time texting, more attention in groups, making him, you know, you know, get the, the positive affirmation maybe he's looking for in y'all's interactions. Like if you can hold those things back to their appropriate stages, it's going to force him to appropriately pursue you into the next stage. 
Um, I think it's natural. It'd be natural if I was a girl, I think, to give some of those things so that he will go to the next stage. Don't do it because it's actually going to slow him down from going to the next stage. Hold those things back. Hold whatever that is. I'm sorry, I'm not giving super specifics, but I think you get the idea. Hold, hold the next stage back until he pursues you into the next stage, I think would be good advice for girls. Yeah, I think that's good. I think, you know, it, it, it communicates that you're emotionally healthy when you can walk away from a relationship and just go on with your life. And then if God does something in the heart to change, then he does. And if he doesn't, you're still moving on with your life. So that's really good. Okay, so we have talked about a lot of things. Um, I love that this is a story of love at second sight, and it just has such a wonderful, <laughs> happy ending. And I think, you know, you guys knew each other. Jeffrey, you pursued her. You planned a date. Um, Alex, you were honest. You were like, you know, I just, you know, no, I don't want to go out on a second date. You didn't play <laughs> games with him. You were just honest. You said no. And you were able to maintain a friendship just in the way that you guys interacted with each other. You didn't belittle him. You didn't, you know, I mean, it just was a very healthy type of breakup or, you know, a turndown or whatever you call it. And um, and you guys prayed and sought the Lord, and God changed your heart, Alex, and then they came back together. I just think that's just really fun. There's some great principles in here. I love y'all's story, and I'm glad that our listeners are going to get to hear it too. Yes. So, Jeffrey and Alex, what would be a good takeaway for our listeners? What do you want them to leave with? Uh, I think my biggest takeaway, you know, just – looking back on our story, it was fun to think about it this week and remember all of these things. Um, and I think my advice would just be to trust God through the dating process. When I think about our story now, I am so grateful for the way that God brought us together, you know, not to make it super overly spiritual here, but I just, I was thinking about how God is a God who pursues us. You know, he doesn't, he is persistent and he doesn't give up on us. And wherever you are in your walk with God, you can trust that he he wants to know you and be close to you and have a relationship with you. And, you know, when I think about Jeffrey and how he pursued me and how faithful God was to answer those prayers, I'm so grateful because Jeffrey is really everything I could have hoped for in a husband. <laughs> you won, Jeffrey. You won. Praise God. <laughs> oh, I just love it. True underdog story. <laughs> we love a good underdog story. <laughs> Well, Jeffrey and Alex, thank you so much for taking time away from your boys and from work to just share your story to, with our listeners. And uh, I hope our listeners, listeners, you've enjoyed hearing this story and have, have got some good takeaways from it. Thank you for being with us. Adrian, thanks for being right with me. Thanks for asking great questions. And to Kim and Logan behind the scenes, thank you so much for making this podcast flow and we have so much more to talk about so we hope you'll join us again next week on the podcast. Bye.